2: going down.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny McIntosh and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Finley Martin-Finn. How are you this lovely Tuesday? Kenny, I'm doing all right. Yeah, how's yourself? I'm good, I'm good. I was just hearing, because I believe, I believe you now can tell us, the thing you were going to do last week, you didn't want to jinx it because, you know, we've all been... this. I actually was in a scenario today where Alex McCarthy was going to be doing an interview for the Inside the Ropes YouTube channel and it's fallen through due to him being in meetings in his day job so even you know things fall through all the time so you don't want to jinx it but you don't have to worry about that anymore because it's done tell the people
2: indeed yes i spoke to mr jim cornett on friday afternoon it was my time so yeah we did a. it's gonna be a six-page interview in the magazine so we talked about a lot of different things aew kenny omega the Young Bucks, Triple H, Vince McMahon, and um, we talked about his one and only trip to the ECW arena back in 1997, uh, and various other things. Who he who in pro wrestling today he rates? So he's gone through quite a few people that he likes, and he's explained why he thinks these people are the future of the business. Um, maybe one or two surprises in there. So um, yeah. All sorts of disclosures and um, (laughs) uh, whimsical asides and, um, you know, deep and meaningful commentary on various things that are going on or have been going on in pro wrestling. So hopefully people will enjoy it, Kenny. I mean, I think it'll upset some people. (laughs) But then, you know, if Jim Cornette
1: didn't upset some people, he wouldn't be doing his job. I think if you if you like Jim Cornette, you're going to enjoy it. If you dislike him, it's going to f- frustrate you. But I mean, with Cornette, it's always the same thing. Of he might be quite bombastic about how he expresses his opinions, but a lot of the time, you know, he has a point about what he's saying. And you know, if you if you kind can, uh, can peel back some of the the dramatics, like there's 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 usually a point to be found.
2: Oh so, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've had a heat. We had a vigorous debate there about Johnny Gargano, for instance. There you go. You know, we had a debate about the whole CM Punk, the whole media scrum incident. Of course, you know that was something we had to talk about in some detail,
1: because um, he's famously but, very pro Punk from that, and you're quite, and, and you're not a fan of Punk. Did there? So that should be interesting to see that sort of play out in print.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So he's given his side, uh, or rather, what he believes happened and why it happened and you know who who was in the wrong and who was in the right and um you know i've countered that and we discussed it in some detail so you got did get rather heated at times but um you know we agreed to disagree we respected each other's opinions and that's what it's all about or at least kenny that's the way it should be that's the way it should be it isn't it isn't always like that in fact it's seldom like that but that's the way it should be when
1: grown-ups are having a debate. Indeed, indeed. So look out for that in issue twenty-seven of uh, Inside the Oaks magazine, which by the way, from this week, uh, yeah, so issue twenty-six is out this Thursday, not only in WH Smith, not only on inside the magazine.com, but also in Tesco, which is, you know, I mean if you if you listen to this and you're in the US, it's 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 like a target or a Walmart kind of thing. Well, like, that's the the gist of it. So very exciting. That we're gonna be in the big Tesco's. Um, if you uh, go to our Twitter uh, or go to itrwrestling.com, we've actually published an article with all of the big Tescos that it's going to be in, so you can go and check. Um, it's probably not going to be in a Tesco Express on a high street, just to be warned. But, you know, the big Tesco extras that we all, see, we all have Gosh, somewhere in our site. Well, um, those,
2: little, those little Tescos on the high street usually only have very small magazine sections, don't they?
1: Yeah, Heat Magazine and Horse and the Hound. That's the probably the the most you're going to get there but we're we're giving the big ones very excited about it so uh good to get the the mag out to to more readers issue 27 jim cornet is going to be in that one um now finn because of my stupid time constraints we only have about half an hour today to to podcast so let's just dive in Uh, halloween havoc took place at the weekend we probably don't have time to go through all the matches and everything that happened but give me the highlights what were your highlights of halloween havoc and what were the takeaways
2: uh, well to be honest with you Kenny I haven't watched you all yet so we definitely don't have time <laughs> we definitely can't well, go through all the matches um so sorry I had a you know trying weekend for various reasons um I mean I, yeah I mean I, I watched the opening match I thought Wesley um did a really good job in the um ladder match for the vacant North American title um I, I thought it was it, it was quite moving that he won um and I think you know it was I think it would have been the easiest thing in the world to make Carmelo Hayes champion again. He'd been two-time champ, make him the three-time champ. But, I mean, I don't think he really needed that belt again. And one would assume that he's going to challenge Bron Breaker. And then after that, he's at, well, he's either going to defeat Bron Breaker or he's going to leave and go to the main roster. Because I feel like he's ready to go. And I'm not really sure what else there is for him in NXT at this point. So yeah, watch that. It was a really funny. Did you have you seen the show in
1: its entirety? Entirety, Kenny. I I have. I have seen it in its entirety.
2: I mean, you know, we had the haunted house um, skate. We... That had happened. Was it with Cameron Grimes?
1: Cameron Grimes and Dexter Linus was the yes. last
2: one. That was really funny, wasn't it? But they did it with Toxic Attraction and Alba Fire.
1: So um obviously- I mean the biggest problem with it was I mean look if you like those kind of segments you're probably gonna enjoy it. If you don't, you're probably not. The only issue really with it is the match later on in the show kind of meant nothing because they had done all this stuff and then you know <laughs> they magically all just seemed fine when the match came around. So it was a bit you know, and the whole point of it was supposed to be Alpha Fire was gonna take out Toxic Attraction, so they couldn't help Mandy Rose. And then they were back in time to make a run in and help her anyway. So um that was a bit strange, but I thought the the Halloween the Halloween segment with uh, with Alba Fire sort of trying to take out Toxic Attraction was fun. Um but yeah, in terms of what happened later on in the show, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense.
2: No, I mean I mean to me it almost did seem like it was Alba Fire's time. I mean, I imagine I mean Toxic Attraction, you would think they were gonna they're going to be called up as a unit when the time comes on the main roster. And as we know, lots of people have been called up recently. So I think they're thinking, and rightly, that now is not the time to, you know, for a new act to migrate to the main roster from NXT. Because there's enough new acts on the main roster for them to attempt to establish and for whom there's not really enough TV time for them to be featured weekly or at least featured in a meaningful way. So, you know, on one hand, yeah, maybe I wouldn't like to have seen Alba Fire win the belt. I imagine the thought process was well, Mandy Rose has been champ now for like a year. We don't want to take the belt off her until just before she leaves. But I mean, still, you know, I think it would have been a real boost for Alba Fire had she won the belt from Mandy Rose. And would have been more consistent with what had happened earlier in the show, right, Kenny?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think if they'd done that, it would have made sense. But if you're not, if, if, if Alba Fire is not going to win, don't do the big thing. Like, it would have made sense if, say, Alba Fire had done the whole Halloween segment and then, and you know, she got rid of Toxic Attraction and then Mandy Rose won because a new person debuted as part of Toxic Attraction who was not at the the Haunted House thing. That would have made sense because that like, that's how you kind of do it in wrestling, right? It's kind of like, you know Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. He didn't have the years Souls. He didn't have any else. So we thought, well, how's he going to win? And then Solo Seco debuted. Somebody new turned up. So, but um, I mean, the, the the one thing coming at this, that I think, is well, not the one thing, but one of the big things coming at Halloween Havoc is Braun Breaker really was able to hang with Ilya Dragunov and J D McDonough and. that That was a a long
2: match long match 20 nearly 24 minutes
1: yeah and he and he seemed like for how new he is i think some people sometimes people don't understand how good he is for how new because i mean to go 24 minutes with those two who are very you know intricate wrestlers who do a lot of stuff um i think he can he deserves to be commended for how well he did
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, he's. I mean, I've been putting the guy over. I mean, as I've said previously, I was concerned about him in the spring. But I mean, all those anxieties I had about whether or not Breaker was going to make it and be accepted have been allayed by the quality of his performances against lots of different performers. And they've done the right thing by bringing in top talent for him to defeat. Because, as we said, Breaker either just before maybe raw rumble he'll get the call I don't know maybe it'll be post wrestlemania but it's going to be first four months of next year he'll be on the main roster full time for sure in my mind so um i think it was the right thing for him to win the match i think he's shown so much maturity as a as a wrestler um i think i think he can probably i mean i think the character can be developed further and certainly the promos But, I mean, as far as in-ring against, you know, some really, as you say, some people who have some really complex matches, so much for him to remember, so much for him to um, have to deal with in the ring. I mean, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like Goldberg, where he do these real basic matches and got over that way. Braun Breakers had to be champ and do, you know, big matches against a wild range of opponents with give and take. And, you know, every single... Sort of facet of, uh, of pro wrestling, he has to bring to his matches. He has to, he is pretty much, ma- well, once he's mastered it, he's obviously going to get better, but he's obviously hugely improved on where he was this time last year.
1: Yeah, for sure. And listen, you know, the, the, I'm sure there'll be more coverage. You, you, probably, either you'll be talking about it in the mag or we'll have, you have maybe a note on it and what else is going down. If there's anything else to sort of cover, but, um, yeah, a success overall, I think, for Halloween Havoc. Um, I see, they're not going to be takeovers anymore. That's not what it is. So I think that's maybe something that I, I can understand why people who used to love takeovers maybe don't see them as as good because they're, they're different types of shows, right? They're now yeah. developmental shows, but you know they're they're building for tomorrow, and that's what they need to be doing.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: yeah. Let's talk about SmackDown from last week. Um, it was it was a decent show. There was some good stuff on there. We had um, Sheamus and Solo Sikoa in the opener, which is a, a really good match. I mean, is this? I've heard people say this, and, you know, hyperbole is something that is always kind of around. Is this the best run of Seamus's career, do you think?
2: Um, I think so, yeah. I mean, I think prior to this, um, I think his best run was actually against Big Show. Remember when he had that run with the Big Show?
1: 2012, when he had the big chair and all that.
2: Exactly. And it was just like, wow. You know, Big Show hasn't had a good match in years. And he looks... You know, these matches against Sheamus are actually really exciting. Um, but yeah, the Sheamus and Gunter stuff, I really hope we're going to get another match between these two, Sheamus and Gunter. There needs to be like the rubber match, doesn't there? The one more match.
0: Yeah, and that
2: needs to be the match in which Sheamus, I think, wins the belt. Even if it's only for a short period of time, he needs to win the belt. They can't Drew McIntyre him, you know. <laughs> Don't have him fail in that big final match. You know, wouldn't it be great if they had like a show coming up, like a big show coming up in Ireland? That would
1: just be beautiful. I know it you? would just be so perfect. Just, just <laughs> book one. <laughs> just, just book, 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 a small arena. I mean, I I know how expensive Dublin hires are, but it's worth it. Just do one for one night. Why not? Yeah, I mean, that would just be. It would, I think, go some way
2: towards undoing the damage that they inflicted upon Drew in Cardiff at Clash of the Castle, and I think you know that would be some form of atonement for WWE. There's the word of the day, atonement. That's a good word.
1: Atonement, yeah. yeah. It's a, in a, a my film as well, is
2: it not? Atonement? It was, yeah, yeah, it was the name of a film sometime back, yes. But I mean, this was, yeah, a really good match and lots of um, action at ringside as well. We had Butch and Ridge Holland at ringside, Brawling Brutes backing up Seamus and we had uh, Sami Zayn and Jimmy and Jay at ringside as well backing up Solo Sokoa. Um, So, yeah, Sakura actually scored like a huge win, didn't he, over Sheamus? But I mean, it was tainted. You know, there was lots of bother and commotion and mayhem at ringside, and then um, and then afterwards, um, the uh, Bloodline uh, attacked Sheamus, uh, wrapped a chair around. I think was it his left arm? Yeah, his left arm because he'd been working on his left shoulder in the match, and then Jay struck the chair that was wrapped around Sheamus's. Um six times until Sammy stepped in and stopped the assault. And that then, of course, provoked another barney between Sammy and JJ. It's like, what are you doing to me? You know, and Sammy's like, well, that's enough. Um, so, yeah, it was a real show of force by the bloodline. I think a really good um, performance by Solo. And I thought he did a lot to, to further this bloodline brawling brutes uh, story as well.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And it's, you know, we talked about this before. It's kind of you've got to keep these stories going. I mean, obviously Logan Paul was on later in the show, but I thought this was a really good opener. Solo getting the win was was good. Uh, we did get a Bray Wyatt promo. Um what did you think of this one? It obviously didn't have the it wasn't getting as much attention as the the first one. But uh, what did you think of Bray's follow-up here?
2: Um, I mean, he was there saying, you know, I needed all of you, you know, I didn't think I did, but then I realized I did, and then He's, you know, it's a split personality character. Um, I mean, the final line that he came out with, or the final message that he left us with was, I confess that along this journey, I am going to do horrible, horrible things, but I will never feel sorry for them. I am just a servant now. I go where the circle takes me. So that was the line that he left us with, or the statement he left us with. So at one point, it sort of felt like he was a babyface. And then I think with that comment that that he departed with, he seemed like, you know, a bit of a bad guy. But I mean, maybe he's going to target bad guys and be the good guy. So we still don't really, we're none the wiser, are we really, Kenny?
1: No, I mean, there was a story, I, I can't remember where it's from, maybe PW Insider, but I think internally, he's seen as one of the, the biggest babyfaces on SmackDown. So he's going to be a babyface. That's the, the plan, which, I mean, makes sense. People are really yes. into him. But it's like that weird thing where it's like the idea of. I'm trying to a a parallel. It's it's all going to be about when he wrestles, though. That's what we're. The ultimate thing is going to be is it better than when he was wrestling as the fiend? And obviously, there's a lot of story that's going to happen before we get there. But I just hope when we get there that it's good enough. um, Because it doesn't. And he doesn't need to be a five star level wrestler. But that's never what Bray Wyatt's been about. But he does need to within the context of a wrestling match, which he wasn't able to do as the fiend.
2: Yeah, he just needs to be a human being and not a supernatural being who can't be injured or hurt or, you know, killed, you know, <laughs> even if he's set on fire. I mean, that was where it all fell apart last time. Um, you know, fairly obviously, really. And it just became ridiculous. It was like, right, well, we did it with The Undertaker in the 90s, so we can do it with Bray Wyatt in the 20s. 2020s. It's like, well, no, you can't. Um, and so yeah, that was where it went wrong the first of not first time around, that would have been the second time around, the second version of the Bray Wyatt character as the fiend. So um, yeah, I think he needs to be a babyface as well. And it's okay for him to be a, a bad guy against people who are badder, bad who are badder than him, who are more evil than him, or or deserve it, or be seen to to deserve. Uh, Bray's wrath so yeah it doesn't feel like the rush in this and nor should be so yeah I'm curious to see where it goes Kenny and so long as when he's in the ring he just wrestles like a not like a normal wrestler because he needs to be special and needs to be something to distinguish him from the run of the mill but he he has to sell and he has yeah. to be you know people need to be able to hurt him and need to be able to pin him and he needs to be he needs to show vulnerability
1: especially if he's a baby face right yeah exactly so that's that's going to be the test of how successful this is going to be that's it
2: because he needs to be he needs to be a sympathetic character if he's going to do all these terrible things you know we've got to sympathize with him as a person and feel like when he's dishing out this punishment on the bad guys that they deserve it and he's justified in inflicting this punishment punishment upon them
1: um, let's talk about Ronda Rousey. She did a promo with Kayla Braxton where she basically, you know, confirmed that she has a heel. She um, said she's going to do an open challenge, but she's going to do it to prove she's the best not to entertain the WWE universe. She owes the fans nothing. Um, she gave them everything. They, they gave her nothing but hate. And uh, she said um, she'd be there next week when she feels like it, but she wants to get the hell out of Ohio. So a pretty good, good start for heel Ronda. And... Um, I think this is going to be a much better fit for her than the uh, than the the that we've had for most of 2022.
2: I think so as well and I'm glad we cleared that up, that one up now because she she turned heel and then she appeared to be a baby face which you know when she had that little storyline going with Adam Pierce and now Adam Pierce has departed um well we haven't seen him for some weeks have we on TV.
1: No um, Adam's MIA
2: Yes, it feels, you know, Rousey explicitly stated on SmackDown on Friday that she is a villain. She is a heel. I still feel like they need to script her promos for her. I mean, maybe they are. And maybe this is as good as it's going to get. Because, I mean, she's not good at ad-libbing. I don't think she's a good promo. I mean, I, it's hard to believe that anyone thinks she is. And I just think maybe maybe Paul Heyman is sitting there working with her. Week in, week out. Maybe this is as good as as it's ever going to get, Kenny. You know, yeah. But maybe just, that one
1: year that we had in 2018 was just, you know, a, a sort of singular year in time that can't be duplicated.
2: Yeah, maybe this, like, you know, this this one year fluke. I mean, I can't understand why her promos have ne- have gotten worse because they have, haven't they?
1: But yeah, they they really have. <laughs> but you know, hey, that's it's just that's what happens. Um. What else we have so obviously the, the main event segment of uh of SmackDown was with Logan Paul. They sort of saved it to the end, tried to save it. Um, is, is it getting better? Is he getting no. any better? In no, okay,
2: no, it isn't. We must mention earlier, Sammy and the Bloodline were celebrating in the locker room their victory over Sheamus and beat down the Brawling Brutes. And um, Sammy's like, Well, our work here is done, and then Jay pipes up and said, No, we should stick around. And we should next target Logan Paul. P- Logan Paul. And Sammy Zim piped up and said, Hold on a minute, this has not been authorized by Roman Reigns. So this is not a good idea, Jay. Let's just not do that. And Jay's like, Well, I am a hothead, as you know, so let's see what happens. And what did happen, Kenny?
1: I mean, yeah, the 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 thing for me, the thing for me with Logan Paul, is so the whole thing about being a hothead is there, and you, we've, we've got this, um, my notes have just left me so I need to apologise for that, but the whole story here is obviously what's going to get back to Roman, right? Because Roman yes. is the one pulling the strings from behind the scenes, but of course in the end, Uso does attack Logan Paul. And, you know, Sammy comes out telling Jay to get out of the ring and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, Sammy said, this is this has not come from me. This is your tribal chief telling you what to do. Uh, but he then still goes to attack Logan Paul again. Uh, but Logan Paul hits Jay with a punch. Um, and Sammy Zayn was just kind of there and, and Logan Paul's leaving. I mean, I, th- I feel like we're going to get one big Roman Reigns segment with Logan Paul before Crown Jewel. But have I mean, with all this other stuff they're doing with Sammy and Jay, is it enough? Do you think to build the Logan Paul match? Is the is the one big segment with Logan and Roman at the end going to be enough? Do you think to make this feel like the big main event match?
2: Well, I don't. I don't really care. In all honesty, I mean, let's just get this match over with. I mean, at that point, <laughs> Logan Paul <laughs> just needs <laughs> to turn. I mean, it's a it's an odd way that they're that they're they're actually they're actually promoting it in a very honest way, which is strange for pro wrestling, isn't it? Because I mean, Paul came out to the ring. Um, and um, you know, the whole message from the commentators was that if Logan Paul defeats Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, it will be the biggest upset in pro wrestling history. So no one thinks he's got a chance. And that's what the commentators are telling us as well. And you know, Paul is acknowledging that, but he's saying, Listen, you know, I I I'm not a boxer, but I went the distance with Uh, Floyd Mayweather. All I need is one shot. All I need is need is one lucky punch. But what was also odd about Logan Paul's appearance here was that he called his doubters dummies. So he was trying to be a babyface, or at least I think he was, and then he insulted people at the same time. He just can't help himself, can he, Kenny? Uh, No, no, he
0: can't.
2: You know, so he acknowledged he was the underdog. And then suddenly Jay ran in and attacked Paul and beat him down, left him sat in the corner. Then, as you said, Sammy Zane ran out and tried to call Jay off. Um, Jay and Sammy had another argument, and the distraction enabled Paul to recover. And then he walloped Jay with, like, a big sort of right-hand stroke forearm, and Jay sold it like he was KO'd, and Paul departed. It's like, you know, this is all I need is one shot. You know, this could happen. To Roman Reigns. So I think they will have a good match at Crown Jewel, but it's just inconceivable to me that Paul can win or will win. I don't want him to win. I mean, who wants Logan Paul to win? Do you know anyone <laughs> who
1: wants Logan Paul to win, Kenny? Because I don't. No, I don't. I do not know him. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing this because that's what the Saudis want some star power, and he's a yeah. star over there. I, I actually think the match will be good. I I think think it will be a good
2: match. I think it will be. I think there'll be a moment there where Paul hits some big shots and Reigns and Reigns will really sell him and he'll stagger around and Heyman will be at ringside and he'll be panicked and the the commentators will be sexing it up like, oh my God, this is it. And I think it actually could be a good match. But I mean, you know, I'm not saying Logan Paul's David Arquette because he isn't. He's obviously far better than David Arquette was. He is a real talent, but he's miscast in this role. And, um, you know, as soon as this match is over, I hope Paul will disappear for a while. And then when he returns, he needs to come back as a heel. And he needs to be a proper villain. And I think if he does that, then WWE will be able to extract some value for money out of him. I mean, at this moment in time, in terms of entertainment, he's not providing me with value for money.
1: Um, listen, let's move on to Raw. Let's move on to Raw from last night. I've got to be honest with you, Finn. I was not a huge fan of Raw last night. I thought it was okay, but I think it kind of felt more like a Vince show in some ways. I think it started strong with the Judgment Day and the, the OC, um, but I, th- I thought after that, it kind of it was all a bit perplexing. You know, the Archer stuff with the Miz and Johnny Gargano. Um, Elias just doesn't seem to be connecting. Uh, did you did you feel this show wasn't as as good as previous weeks, or am I on an island of my own?
2: No, I agree with you. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was just one flop after another on this show. I mean, I mean, the Miz versus our truth. Um, I mean, it was just like, I mean, I understand the Miz has been turned into a bit of a joke, but I mean, he didn't deserve this, and our truth scored the pin with a flute nineteen eighties style roll up. When Miz spotted someone in the audience who he thought was Dexter, Dexter Loomis, but in fact was Johnny Gargano. And that was, um, this followed on from a conversation earlier between Gargano um, and the Miz. And Gargano said that he knew what was going on between Miz and Dexter Loomis. And Miz denied that anything was going on. And Miz, Miz said there was no secret. Um then they talked about Tommaso Ciampa. So it was nice to hear his name mentioned. I was mm-hmm. wondering what happened to him. Um, <laughs> you know, so after Miz uh, had been beaten by Our truth and then later in the show, Gargano was beaten by Baron Corbin, uh, they ran into each other backstage and Gargano said to Miz, listen, if you don't tell the world what the secret is next week, I will. So at least we should get some resolution to this storyline next week. But yeah, you're sure. right. This was this was a uh, yeah. It was a real challenging show to get through. I mean, like I
1: mean, you you've was, just given an example. Though. I mean, Baron Corbin beats Johnny Gargano.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the other thing about it was it was one tainted heel interference finish after another, and it was just became so repetitive. And there's other things on the show that just totally baffled me. I mean, backstage, Elias ran into Matt Riddle and Elias was like heelish to Matt Riddle and said, listen, you know, you interrupted me last week and I'm not going to tolerate that. You know, I'll, I'll give you this warning, but don't do it again. So and then later on in the show, we were supposed to like cheer Elias, you know, when he was uh, battling Chad Gable. But I mean, you know, Elias is like such a dud. I mean, the character was like washed up last year. That was the reason why it was discontinued. And then they did the Ezekiel thing, and that didn't get over. And now they've re- he's reverted to Elias, and no one really cares about that. I mean, <laughs> supposed to be a baby face here, but he'd acted heelish to Matt Riddle, um, and then you know it was, and then it was another loss for Chad Gable, wasn't it? I mean, another loss. Elias scored the pin on on Gable. I mean I wasn't happy about that another loss for Chad.
1: This um, this felt like this felt like a Vince McMahon role. He did. He it absolutely like. and- did. Absolutely. Then
2: Matt Riddle ran out afterwards to save Elias from a double team attack by Gable and Otis. This was after Elias had been obnoxious to Riddle, well maybe not obnoxious but not very friendly to him backstage. Um and then Riddle ran in and you know saved Elias from his beat down from the Alpha Academy it's just like Elias just cools everyone down in his vicinity. He just brings everyone down to his level. So I mean, you know, Riddle, this is not a good post. You know, he beat Seth Rollins, you know, a huge win at Extreme Rules, which was then negated by the other match last was it was it two nights later, wasn't it? On Raw, they had a rematch. Riddle no.
1: No, two nights later was when Rollins won the U.S. title from was- Lashley. That's
2: right, yes. Yeah, was- okay.
1: But, I mean, they- but you, I mean, you know, the, the parallel as well is Kevin Owens did this great, great build-up to face Steve Austin at WrestleMania. as was in the main event, and then he was feuding with Ezekiel. Riddle got this big win, and he feuding with Elias. I mean, the common denominator of that's not been very good is the man playing Elias and Ezekiel. And I mean, because I, I never watched the original ECW. But I, I was just wondering. So the Sandman, when he was in ECW, the original one, yeah. Did did Heyman did Heyman protect him sort of at all costs from ever having to have long matches? Like was he was he pre- presented in a way that is like, you know, he's a bit of a sideshow, or was he, or did they expose a lot of his weaknesses on the kind of week to week TV?
2: Um. Well, on week to, t- to week TV, actually, can I just. Follow up the, the obviously sure, Riddle sure. and Rollins had a match on last week's Raw. Sorry, yes. that's what I was thinking of. And um, and it was just like why, and we talked about this last week, why are you having another match when the feud ended at Extreme Rules? Yeah. And it just feels like Riddle's been flattened out now. And an association with Elias is no way to reheat him, in my opinion. But anyway, to answer your question about Sandman, um, on TV he was usually protected, everyone was, because it was only a, a, a short programme. Um, On pay-per-view, that was when it fell apart. And the Sandman had some really, really bad matches on pay-per-view. But, I mean, his whole appeal was the entrance. And he could do some things in the ring quite well. But if he was taken out of his element, it could be an absolute calamity. So, but, yeah, he had this strange appeal the Sandman did. Um, and And if you watched a lot of his matches, you'd sort of sit there and think, why do people like this guy?
1: <laughs> well, because my, my point was going to be, if the whole sell of Elias, right, is the fact that he can do these kind of concerts, whatever, and we've seen in the past, they can be very popular when he does those kind of little gigs, right? But as soon yes. as he wrestles, it falls apart. So you either need to find a way to have him as a character on the show who doesn't really wrestle, or get rid of him. Because as soon as he starts to wrestle, it just, nobody cares.
2: No, no, they don't, and I mean, you and know, to your
1: to your point about Riddle, look how fast Riddle has went from a massive win to now just feeling like. I mean, it's the alliance thing's taking a lot of steam off of them, and he only won what two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was,
2: um, yeah, just crazy. And but there again, last week he he lost to Rollins, didn't he on Raw? Yep. And it was it, just pointless. It's just like you, this feud has concluded. Riddle uh, has exacted his vengeance on Rollins after losing to him with Clash of the Castle. He's reheated. Now do something good with him. Don't send him in the direction of Elias. So, I mean, presumably Elias is going to turn heel on Riddle maybe next week. And maybe Riddle and Elias can have a little feud that will do something for both men. I don't know. Um, but presumably... you're you're
1: trying for not you you're really trying
2: well i'm trying to make sense out of this show i mean it was really bad and it's it was just a really very disappointing episode of raw that just lurched from one you know baffling or nonsensical or you know destructive decision or match or angled or storyline to the next i don't know what it did really for anyone I mean,
1: the only thing I was thinking about was, and I, I'm not trying to defend it. It was a bad show. So you know, anybody yeah. thinks that you know we're only going to criticize AEW stuff. This was a bad episode of Raw. Um, is it? To, is Triple H trying to find? Is Paul Levic trying to find the balance between doing an, an old NXT style show with a WWE style? Like, is he struggling to get a balance? Is that why this was bad? But then he's got the balance pretty well the last few weeks. Yeah. So why would this week be different? I mean, even yeah. like the main event, you know. Bailey gets the win over Bianca Belair in the 23 minute match because Nikki Cross ends up uh, you know attacking Bianca leads to the pin but i mean even though Bianca lost to Bailey i mean Bailey just feels dead in the water she just she, feels does. Like
2: she does i mean i i'm bored of belair as champion she should have lost the belt to bailey at extreme rules i mean i cannot understand that decision i mean that's not I mean, I can, in some respects, I can understand why Roman Reigns retained against Drew McIntyre more because Reigns is a big stand. They wanted to present Reigns versus Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. And presumably, Reigns, I don't know who Reigns is going to wrestle at WrestleMania, but when he gets there, he'll be the champ for two and a half years or whatever it will be by then. But I mean, Belair should have lost the belt to Bailey, who just feels lost at the moment. And she's trying desperately to get some heat and she's just failing. And this, Match with bel-air was clunky and just not. I mean, just went on far too long, and it just feels like this feud peaked at the last paper, at uh, the last premium live event, Extreme Rules, and here we are. It's like an, a repeat of last week with Riddle wrestling Seth Rollins after the feud has peaked, and you just think, well, why is this taking place again? Why haven't you moved on to what you're going to do next? And when Nikki Cross, I I was pleased to see Nikki Cross do the run in um, and revert to Nikki Cross, right? The Nikki ASH thing just hadn't been working for, well, it never worked, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's the right decision, her reverting to a, you know, unhinged character. Um, but this is going to clearly lead to a three way because she attacked Bel Air and she attacked Bailey. So that means Bel Air versus Bailey continues. And obviously Bailey scored the pain. it was a tainted you know corrupted decision because of the outside interference. but the fact that she's got that she's got this win on Bel Air means that this feud will continue.
1: no and, I mean yeah, yeah. So, yes, yeah but it, it,
2: it was a strange show, right and he just I understand the 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 Baron Corbin Johnny Gargano thing that Corbin well, I actually don't understand why they had the match. they could have booked Corbin against someone else. I understand that Corbin needed to win because this is a new push for him. And for some reason, they seem to think it's going to work with JBL on commentary. I don't see how it's going to. I think Baron Corbin was far more over as happy Corbin as a mid-level player. The idea that he's going to be a main eventer is just fantasy. And, (laughs) you know, so why? I mean, again, it was a JBL interfered from the outside. So Gargano didn't lose cleanly. So that was something. But we'd seen so many of those type of finishes on this show. And it just, as I said, it just got so repetitive. And oh, not again. And oh, you know, instead of, you know, fresh raw just felt stale, didn't it, Kenny?
1: Yeah, it really did. It felt like a, you know, I I know it's redundant me to keep saying it, but it felt like a Vince show. That is what it felt like. It felt like it it was, it was somebody who didn't have their finger on the pulse of, and I'm not saying. I'm not saying Johnny Gargano is going to be a main eventer or he's going to be a world champion or any of that stuff, but you brought him in, you're pushing him. I think to have him lose to Corbin, I mean, surely you would know if you're writing that show that that is going to look like something Vince would have done and you want to get away from that. Um, You know, it'd, it'd be one thing if Miz had come out and there had been a real, you know, a lot of stuff had happened to Gargano and it was a really tainted one, but like, you know, JBL trips him. Yeah. And that's 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 all it takes to, to sort of thwart him. Um I mean this this show was just one step away from having the 24-7 title on it.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. I mean we had Omas versus four jobbers, and that was I mean, that wasn't pretty. I mean, that was an ugly match. I mean those I mean it didn't exactly I mean, we know that Omas and Braun Strowman are wrestling at Crown Jewel. And I can't say I'm really looking forward to that match, Kenny. Um, I mean Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. I mean, he enjoyed the match. It was a decent match. Uh, but again, you know, it was Theory scored the pin on Ali with Airtown down. After Seth Rollins, who had been sitting in on guest commentary, uh, he distracted the referee. So we had another tainted, you know, heel interference, outside interference finish. And it was just almost every match, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. It didn't it didn't feel like there was any sort of uh... Uh, any sort of like creative thinking going on? Oh. It felt like it was just a really lazy show. He did. Um. Yeah. Not good. Not good. And hopefully this is a a one off because you know when you're hot you can withstand doing one show that's not you know that's not a a great show but you can't keep you can't keep doing it you have to come back from it so you uh, do exp-
2: yeah you do yeah. absolutely I mean they just need I don't know what. I mean, the whole thing, like, I mean, Mustafa Ali, the trying with him, but he needs a new character, desperately. And Rollins, on commentary, I don't know whether you say, oh, Ali lacks killer instinct. And then he attacked, uh, Ali attacked Rollins afterwards and threw him into the video wall, and Rollins scampered backstage, he sprinted backstage, fled from Ali. But, I mean, Ali desperately needs, you know, revamp as a character. Otherwise, it's just going to be the same results that it's always been. I mean, that's obvious. And, you know, they've tried this with Corbyn. They've attempted to revamp the character. But to me, the new character is less interesting than the the previous character that he played. And we know what the results of that are going to be, Kenny.
1: Yeah, we know exactly what it's going to be. Uh, But listen, that is... Is all the time we've got for today, and uh, hopefully next week's Raw, the go-home show to Crown Jewel is, is a hell of a lot more stimulating to watch than this. Um, yeah,
2: I, I don't know whether it's going to be. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the post-Crown Jewel Raw. Um, I mean... You I mean know, because at the moment,
1: to... as well, what, what are the war games matches going to be?
2: Well, you know, I imagine that they'll start giving some sort of indication or make an announcement after Crown Jewel. I
1: yeah. would think.
2: I mean... But you'd like, sure. you'd like to
1: think that You'd like to see maybe something simmering, so you can speculate. But in the moment, it just doesn't just feel there's any. Um, you know, who who would the bloodline face? Would that be like a bunch of singles guys who get together to basically try and take them down? I mean, I the only maybe it'll be the bloodline versus the brawling brutes.
2: You know, bro- the bloodline, Sans Roman Reigns.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I actually I actually think Roman is going to be in Survivor Series. I don't know that, but I would imagine that he is. Like I, I just don't think you'd have if you're gonna have war games, have this big match, and have the bloodline in it, it would feel like he would be in that. But I guess we'll we'll kind of know more going at Crown Joe. So, yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you know Charlotte Flair
2: and maybe Becky Lynch will be back in time for Survivor Series because yeah. I mean, you know, the current women's rosters, you know, aren't exactly inspiring.
0: <laughs> confidence
2: in the, I mean, I'm sure they can have a good match But I mean, if it's damage control They just feel like they're sort of lost at the moment I mean, they really need to have a rethink About yeah. whether or not they're serious that they, About this act Getting over his heels And really pushing him as a, as a You know, as a, a real dynamic sort of threat At the moment, they just feel Really wishy-washy And they shouldn't They shouldn't be like this at all no. Uh, so I'm hoping yeah we're going to get some star power in the form of Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch maybe even Sasha Banks I don't know and Ronda Rousey I think hopefully she'll be involved in war games as well um, but I guess we will see we'll have to wait and see until I think all will be revealed after obviously all will be revealed after Crown
1: Jewel uh, well listen that's all the time we've got for today uh, Inside the Ropes magazine the new issue is out this Thursday so please do go check it out either on Inside the Ropes magazine.com's website or W H uh, Smith Tesco um and yeah we'll be back next week with the we're, we're now our personal podcast will be a little bit later this week it'll be we'll be recording either friday or saturday so it'll be up on patreon then and it'll be up on the main feed the day after so
2: that is my fault i'm afraid i'm going to well i'm afraid i'm looking forward to i'm going to a midweek wedding yeah well, you mid-week.
1: look you 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 deserve a wee bit of you know rest and relaxation thing you're always on the go you're always having to do you know deal with home home diy stuff or you've got neighbors <laughs> who are being arseholes or you've oh, actually,
2: the neighbours one, one side have moved out and the neighbours the other side we've got a new set of students in there's quiet as little mice oh
1: as that's little,
2: great that's what want little mice. quiet as little mice you, you, you don't even hear a little eek <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well i'm happy been. for i'm happy for you i hope you and your mice will be very happy Thank um
2: you. No, the, the neighbors not having any is great and not having one of the ones who are really quite studious the students who are getting on with their work kenny and that's the way it should be they shouldn't be
1: enjoying themselves yeah god forbid um well listen on that note uh, we hope you all have a good week everybody and we'll talk to you soon